Boom. Welcome to the Pause Run Play podcast. My name is Casey. We got Josh over here. What's up? We got Vince over here. Hello, hello. And we're here to talk about a horror film this week. I noticed the other day that you pointed at the camera that's normally in the center. Yeah. When I was editing. The I keep I doing it, too. I was like, you pointed at nothing because you have these two cameras. <laughs> I should go to this one. I'm like, welcome. I did it again just barely. I was like, welcome. It's also like she got the mirror in the front, in the middle. Pointing at yourself. Pointed at myself. I'm like, hey, boy. Like, <laughs> how you do through it's the, the mirror, stuff. man. I actually do look at myself a lot, so. <laughs> um, I, I, I like the look on my face. I'm very handsome to myself and uh, to my wife. And I think that's a good karma, you know? You're like, ah, oh, I'm a good looking guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could be ugly. It's, I don't even the, know. Actually. It's the beard and glasses, man. It is. It is. It makes me look one like a professor because after time I wear cardigans, like somebody is like kind of professor. I've been deep into research for years and I like emerge and I've like got the neck beard going on. I'm like, <laughs> and then I'm like, but I can tell you about random things. I do things. like the frames a lot. Like, like not even kidding. Those frames are sweet. We're going to the Meat Palace tonight because you get a monthly coupon for what? Yeah. Birthday. It's a birthday month. It was so, your birthday recently. Happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Um, one of me and my good friends since kids, Tim, he's been on the podcast. His wife has the same birthday month as me, September. So for the past, I don't remember how many years we've been going to Kano's every year because we get to buy one, get one free. <clears throat> so you guys are invited for this one. <laughs> Welcome to the tradition. We're gonna so eat excited. So, so so we got a we got a time limit, a time crunch because we got reservations tonight. Okay, well we're we're gonna go celebrate Vince's B day. Have a have a good time at the meat factory. Get yeah. the meat sweats. If you're local to Utah, you'll know the restaurant. It starts with the T and ends with Ucanos. Um, <laughs> but if you're not from Utah, look up your local Brazilian restaurant where they bring sizzling meat out on a platter. It's delicious. On a stick. It's on a sword. So, yeah, sword. Yeah, that's it. I was like, it's not a platter. Like, a, but they have the little bottom piece. It's always yeah. weird how they do it. And I usually tell them just keep dropping food on my plate, and then I waste some. I'm Never sorry. Never say no. Never say no. But I don't know. Anyhow, speaking of meat, speaking of <laughs> things coming out in a very strange way, today's movie we're actually starting and talking about is the Saw franchise, specifically the first Saw movie. I think that last time we were here podcasting, did we talk about it on the podcast or off the podcast? I can't remember, but Josh had said, I've never watched Saw. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was the end of the last one. <clears throat> yeah, he said. Which is another one of those moments, us having this big age difference. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> what? So, How? But, 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 like, that's what's crazy is, like, that's something that, like, I don't know, Vince, like, we grew up in kind of, like, the same area. Like, we had, like, parties for some of these, like, sketchy movies or, like, you know, weird movies where it's like everyone's getting together to watch a scary movie at so-and-so's house. Mm. And, like, you and I, this was a new release. Although I didn't see this one for until years after as well. Because really? I, I, I used to hate scary movies. Okay. They used to scare me to death. And so I avoided them until I was probably... Oh, uh, let's see. I watched a bunch when I was a kid. It scarred me for years, and then I jumped. I think I, I think I went like six years, like from like probably longer than that. I think I the first horror movie that I saw in my teenage years, I was like eighteen, mm. and then I didn't watch another one until I was like twenty two. Was it Darkness <laughs> Falls about the Tooth Fairy? No, I think the first one that I returned to watch was uh, it was a video game horror one with like Malcolm from Malcolm in the Middle, mm. or, uh, whatever his name is. I think Frankie it was. Frankie Muniz. Frankie Muniz. Yeah. And if you die in the video game, you die in real life. Yeah. I remember watching that one and being like. These aren't scary. I was, I think I was in my twenties. <laughs> I was like, I can, well, I can start watching horror movies again because it's like when I started studying film a little bit and like mm -hmm. learning how to the making of, and it had been so long since I watched a horror movie. So I missed the saw. Is my point mm -hmm. for a long time? I actually remember I watched it in, um, Dustin. I think with Dustin and Lara. Really? Yeah. So I was 
late into my college years when I actually got around to soccer. Shout out to Dustin and Laura, great friends of great friends of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they listen, but hi, no, Dustin and Laura. Not, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't <laughs> talked to him in a long, long time. You guys are great. Um, so, Josh, when did you first hear about Saw really quickly before we dive into it? When was kind of like you're like, wow, there's a genre or a movie about this that kind of like when you think about it? I definitely always had heard about Saw. It's one of those... It's one of those movies that kind of... It's one of those classic horror movies that sort of kicked off a subgenre of horror, right? Cade, good friend of the podcast, he recently watched Friday the 13th, and that was kind of what I said to him. I was like, ah, the kickoff of the teen in the woods, like camp drama, like slasher, you know, stuff like that. So this was also definitely a, a kickoff that obviously I'm very familiar with the story and what happens did you sort know of in them usually but did you know the twist i did oh, that bummer. was that is a bummer oh, that sucks okay and it, and it wasn't until like a second in because you know obviously we're sitting there and the lights go on and, and all that happens and then i looked and i was like wait i know <laughs> are we spoilers are we spoilers <laughs> I know that guy's alive. <laughs> I was like, I know that's him too. I was like, I've heard that. And so that would have been probably like, I like the movie. That probably would have been a good twist. Cause I think it was, it was kind of like a, I don't want to say one of the best twists ever, but it was definitely one that people recognize and they'll refer to when you're talking about big twists, especially yeah. in horror movies. So that definitely probably would have been a cool moment if I hadn't known that. I did, unfortunately. But uh, still good nonetheless. Uh, so sad you <laughs> knew that going into it. Because I think a lot of people, when we kind of get talking about movies, like especially a movie that's over 20 years old now, like yeah, that's what's crazy. Hard not to know. Um, is being True. like, well, it's not over 20 years. Sorry, it's just under 20 years old. 20 years is next year. It's 2004. Um, but that's what's crazy is you like probably found something wow, along the way or like old. even... Yeah, right? Okay, <laughs> Vince. I'm still over here thinking 20 years ago was like 1980s. No. <laughs> no, 20 years ago I was in my teen years. Yeah, yeah, same. I, uh, I, I think about that and I'm like, oh, man, awkward, awkward me during that era. And it's it's just weird to think that, like, this movie played such a pivotal role in so many parts of setting off a genre. But also I feel like it helped reemerge, like, a lot of things with, like, building a good story i think i think i feel like when this came out was the start of the era when we first started really putting in cgi and putting in so many things into movies oh, okay. around that era i was gonna say there's no cgi in this movie no no no, no. but like uh I for this saying. movie though it was still like an in-person building the set the full thing that you i well, you really like right practical effects type yeah stuff. and there's a big big reason for that in this one uh this movie had like no budget Yeah, at all. This movie was planned to be an at-home release. James Wan's like feature debut. They they approached the they they approached multiple companies asking them for money to produce it. Couldn't find anybody to do it. So eventually, they said that um, someone told them to make a short, and so they made a a short movie based on the bear trap that that's in this movie, Mm -hmm. and took that around and eventually found someone to to give them a budget. That it's. The budget was only uh, like three quarters of a million, right? Uh, yeah, one million two hundred thousand. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah, super super low to the to the point where I found a little thing that said um, all shots were in a single warehouse. There was no exterior shots in the whole thing. Everything shot in the warehouse. The production team couldn't afford it. 
the car chase <clears throat> was filmed in a garage in the warehouse by turning off the lights, adding some fog, and shaking the cars while filming in the front. <laughs> like, they had nothing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> guess crazy. how much this movie made? Like, over $100 million, right? Yeah, so planned to be an at-home release. Uh, gathered some attention, took it to, like, Sundance and a bunch of these things, went worldwide, ended up making $103 million on a oh $1 million dollar budget. <laughs> Meanwhile, Saw 10, Saw X is about to release, probably with a budget bigger than that, and yeah. won't even make. And probably won't make what they <laughs> what cost to make the first one. I don't know. <laughs> Are these movies still big? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there's still, that's the thing is, I looked at the other ones on Letterboxd, um, and they just kind of got progressively lower. Mm. Like, there was a couple that went back and forth, but the first one had a solid rating. The second one was lower, but okay, good. And then they just kind of kept dropping and dropping as far as the scores yeah. went. But they're still making them, which means they almost they're probably me, still making They almost had me come back for Spiral, um, which was not this it's next like the one's Chris Rock out. one. Yeah, right? the Chris Rock yeah. one, because I wanted to see what he could do. They also felt like they were leaning more back into those, like, the, the kind of detective thriller genre instead of the torture porn genre, you know? So I was like, oh, maybe this will be good, but I did not hear anything good about it. So I yeah, I definitely did so as didn't, well. So I didn't. Well, that's what's interesting is actually, so I decided to purchase this movie, like, just because I was like, oh, I have the physical copy somewhere, but, like, I've put all my DVDs away in a box, and if I they're in a box, I'm never going to find them again. I just need to buy it. So I bought it, and it comes with, one of the packages was for the spiral saw type thing, the one that has oh, yeah? Chris Rock in it. And I was like, oh. But then I read the reviews and I'm like, just get the original one. It'll <laughs> save you four bucks. And I was like, done. Getting it. So All it's right. interesting to see how this is. Because there was a time in my life I was really obsessed with horror films. Like, So probably maybe around the time you got out of it and need a break from them. I don't know what, what no, how I, that was. Like I said, I got out of it in my early, early years. Like I watched. Well, I guess. Like a, like, a, like well, still like, under a teen? No, like in my like six or seven, my dad brought home a, a what's that freaking? I can't think of the name. The birds. No, it's not a scary. It's a it's a horror comedy, and I watched oh. that, and it scared me so bad. <laughs> and so I went from like like I said, from like six till eighteen years old without mm-hmm. watching horror movies. Wow. Oh <laughs> man. So during the time you were not watching horror movies, I really got into them. There was this. All these, like, we had an old movie store in my town. Like, it was a movie store. You'd go in and rent DVDs still. Like, this was before Netflix got big, digitally streaming. And I used to spend, like, 10 to $15 a week renting movies. Mm-hmm. And it was funny. I just kept going, kept going, kept going. Went through all the action adventure I wanted to and made it to the horror section. And so I became super obsessed. I rented all the Saw movies that were available. And this is in, like, 2009. Like and I can't remember up to which one it was. But I just watched them, like, back to back over, like, a long period of time. And I was really obsessed with them and all the other horror films. And when the when the business went out of business, one, they thanked me for being such an avid patron <laughs> of their business because I had moved away you and was single-handedly. <laughs> no, literally. I say, they probably would have sure. got out of business way before. I, I was in there spending like 15 bucks a week and, you know, like 2000, awesome. 2007 to 2010. No yeah, it was like pretty funny. But the lady, I remember her telling me, she's like, you are the sketchiest kid ever <laughs> renting all these horror films because I just didn't care like i was grabbing any of them and it was weird because right a radar movie you're not supposed to let like kids under a certain age rent them right yeah no they never stopped me from renting these movies and so shout yeah, out to cool yeah, people sh- there. shout out to action video um rest in peace <laughs> but it was just crazy because like i watched all these and then 
this is the one movie that has stuck out to me the very most when someone's like, what's a good horror movie like that I should watch? And I was like, well, how gory can you go or how sketchy yeah. can the story be? And I'm like, Saw, just watch Saw. I, is this even a horror movie? Like, I, I was trying to decide while watching it last night because it definitely gives you, like, you know, those kind of feelings. But I feel but like it's more it, of a detective story than it is, like, a yeah. like a horror, right? Probably. I feel like I it mean, crosses I, it's that. It's kind of hard to, yeah. It, it crosses that line a few times where I feel like you could call it a horror movie because it gets to those parts. So we talked about what the like, the later movies kind of end up becoming from just what I've, you know, videos I've watched and mm-hmm. what what you guys kind of mentioned. Did you say you watched a Watch Mojo 10 worst kills or yes, something? Yes, like or? the 10 like most brutal kills or yeah. whatever. Okay, sorry, <laughs> and so I, I've seen stuff like that and obviously a lot of it kind of ends up leaning towards that side versus the detective thriller. So it does definitely kind of lean on the detective thriller side and I liked that a lot. Like you said, it made it really interesting. There was a lot of cool little cuts between the different storylines and going back to the previous kills and and people and and it was really interesting but it definitely crossed that line of hey this is a very horror-esque torture-esque thing a few times where i feel like if you had to pick one you could probably call it like a detective thriller or a horror but you couldn't get away with telling people that it's not a horror is yeah is basically like i'd agree with that. is my idea but also i'd not to, we'll keep talking about Saw, I want to, but we're kind of all talking about how we got into yeah. Yeah. horror uh-huh. movies and stuff like that. I wanted to share how <laughs> I kind of got into horror movies because you guys know me, I'm a huge, huge horror guy now. Starting like mid-August, I'd start watching spooky movies all the way through Halloween. Um, I really got into horror when I was in college, when I was living in my parents' house, when this guy was actually <laughs> my roommate. <laughs> It was, yeah. it was definitely Casey who I had, I had been kind of venturing more that way because in high school and all this stuff, just the family that I lived in horror was a no go, like not at all. Right. Like even, Hey, we're going over to my buddy's house to watch this. No go. Like the only times I watched like horror movies as a kid was when, Hey, we're going out to this friend's house to just hang out. And then you're already there. And it's like, Oh, we're watching house at the end of the street or we're watching this or that or whatever. So then when I got into college, I'd already kind of been looking and I'd seen some horror movies, I think in theaters and stuff like that. And Casey, we watched a lot of stuff together when he stayed there. And we just, I know there were so many nights like the ring. I saw the first time with Casey, uh, just in that one little room <laughs> downstairs at my well, parents old house. So and funny. Cause so my wife, his sister went on like a internship for what was it? Four months. Mm-hmm. And I just moved in with Josh and kind of like hung out there. Cause I'd work here and stuff. And we had like our 44 inch TV in Josh's like little room. Just and did the bedroom. My right bed there. is here. Box TV or is it a flat screen? No, flat no it was screen. a flat screen. It's okay, a, right. a big old flat screen TV. I wish it had been a box TV. That would have really brought in like, <laughs> we're watching sketchy horror films in the basement, but we did that. I remember. And I remember you're like, I haven't really watched this before. And like, I was like, oh, it's amazing. It's great. And we just kept watching like a ton of different ones, right? Like, you just kept bringing them home. And you're his, well, yeah, that you're was his horror Sherpa. Apparently. Because we had like our schedules. Because we would both be sitting there and we'd both be working on homework or work and everything at the same time. But it would usually be I would get home from work or something at a certain time and you would be watching Mad Men or yes. something else. Because I think I would watch some of it with you. 
we would watch a lot of How I Met Your Mother because mm-hmm. it was my first time running through How I Met Your Mother. And like, there was a time where I'm pretty sure, like, through a week or two, we watched a horror movie every single night. Yeah. <laughs> and it was That's so awesome. good. That was definitely fun times. And that was definitely a big introduction to a lot of these horror movies. But Casey's saying that I was probably still quite a bit of an innocent mind at the time. Hold he held back from the saw recommendation at the time, or I, maybe he recommended it. And I said, no, I think, <laughs> I think I prefaced some ideas to you of different films. And I would give you like enough context where you can make choices yeah. about them. He'd be like, anything like this. And I'd be like, well, I know about this and that and this. And then we would go with the lighter case taste of it. But I think also I avoided recommending like, a lot of like pretty brutal hard, seeming hard films ones. because we're in your parents' home. Exactly. And I was like, like we're really in our nervous. own, we're in this own room, <laughs> but you know, it's right at the bottom of the stairs. My mom walks by and hears, what are you watching? Squelching. <laughs> oh, Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah. Winnie the Pooh. Like the horror Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Blood, Blood and Honey. And honey. There's going to be a second a sequel one. Yeah. That no one what? asked for. <laughs> oh no. I forgot that we watched so much because I remember us just watching a lot of movies. We watched Darkness Falls together, the one about the Tooth Fairy, if Mm -hmm. I remember right, which is one of my all-time favorite fall movies. But, like, I remember that, like, very vividly. And I'm like, oh, man, I guess now sorry I corrupted you. And now I love it. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's what I base my personality off of. Spooky movies (laughs) and spooky season. Spooky (laughs) At least for these buds. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. And then, then the rest is history. We've watched so many more scary films together over the years. Like? Saw. Saw. <laughs> All well, right. We can get okay, back so to I it. Got, yeah, I got some basic information for it. Uh, directed yep. by James Wan, like we said, feature debut. Yes. Written by James Wan and Lee, I think is how you say isn't it? How do you pronounce L-E-I-G-H? Lee. Lee? Or is it? Yeah. Lay. I think that's. I think it's Lee, though. I just watched Haunting of Hill House, and and Steve's wife's name is Lee, spelled the same way. Yeah, Lee Winnell, I think is is his full name, and Lee Winnell is actually the guy who also plays Adam in the movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I didn't kinda, know that. I I was he popped up, and I was just like, who is this like rip off Ezra Miller guy? That I is thought in this movie the same thing, again, right? This is rip off Ezra. <laughs> he Miller. reminds me he so looks much like of him. him. Because I thought that same thing. I looked it up. I and was Ezra like, Miller was like seven years old at this time. Yeah, so how is he a ripoff? It was <laughs> no, it's just a look. <laughs> Ezra Miller is a ripoff Lee. Okay. Yeah, he was here first. But I was just thinking like, how, who's this guy that shows up and has been in this one movie and I've never seen again? He wrote the movie and started yeah. it. I think he did a pretty good job in it too. Yeah. Um, especially he did great in purposely overacting a death. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. I can just imagine the direction of that, just like overact the crap out of this. You know, you're pretending to act or pretending to be dead. Yeah, anyway. anyway. It always ends. Um, starring Carrie Ellis as Dr. Gordon. I was trying who, to figure out how to say that guy's name, by the way. I was like, I've never, I don't know that I've it. heard it. I just know him as like uh, so many great characters. And I had no clue that he was in this. Okay. Like, yeah. I knew a couple things about this movie and the general premise, but when one of the very first shots, because they have the shot later on, you figure out is the key or whatever going down the bathtub, and then it's Carrie Ellis, and I was like, "What are you doing?" I had no idea. (laughs) The first time I saw this too, I was just like, "This is the Princess Bride guy. Like, (laughs) I'm supposed to take this guy serious? What is happening right now? You know?" (laughs) He's the mayor of Hawkins, Indiana. What do you mean? Oh, he shows up there too. <laughs> yeah, he shows up in so many things. Like he has like a very long fable. Yeah, career. ever since I, I think Princess Bride is the only one that's like 
that I can think of that was like really family friendly. And then after that, I think everything else I've seen him in has been a little mm-hmm. not not hard, but like but just not you're watching as a kid. not like an eight year olds movie or whatever. Yeah. Not saying Princess Bride is only made for eight year olds, but you know what I'm saying, a family mm. friendly for nine year olds too. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I just am not very familiar with his his work apparently. Yeah, uh, Tobin Bell plays Jigsaw. Oh. Which almost, like, I was going to ask you if this got spoiled by Amazon itself, because if you ever, if you're watching it on Amazon Prime, if you ever hit pause, he's, yeah, like, popped the, up right there as the as Jigsaw, and I'm like, well, that gives away the movie. Um, well, to be fair, I so I know what the guys who plays Jigsaw looks like because of the trailers for Saw X and stuff that are out right now. So I know what he looks like, but to be fair, this movie was long enough ago that the guy who played, uh, the guy who you think is the murderer for a while, Mm. right? I forget who that guy's name is. Michael Emerson. Yeah. The one who they zap. Yeah. The one who they try to get you to think that it's him. And then you realize that he was just pulled into the game as well. Yep. He looks fairly like the guy, maybe not now that, like I've already seen it. Maybe I'd look back and I'm like, oh, they look nothing similar. But just for someone who didn't know and who had seen him in the Saw X trailers and a few other things, I'm thinking, oh, 20 years ago, I was like, oh, that could have been him. I'm like, but isn't he supposed to? So for a while there, I was like, what was happening? Like, I was a little tripped up there, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, only uh, two other actors that really, that I wrote down that really stood out. I should have written down the wife, but yeah, Danny Glover, which I miss, I miss Danny Glover in movies. I think he's actually coming out in something recently. I think I saw his name on something, but I can't remember what it was, but Danny Glover is just a treasure, man. Like Mm -hmm. I miss him. He's yeah. Biggest, biggest dude ever in my opinion. He's great. (laughs) And then, uh, Ken Long, 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 Long? I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce his name either, but he's one of the, the kind of that guy actors where (laughs) he shows up and I'm just like, yeah, that guy again. He's (laughs) he's awesome. He's another actor that I'm just like, I haven't seen him since like, what, uh, was he in like a Batman movie or like a Christopher Nolan movie? Um, maybe it was, I don't know. I can't remember, but I have to look it up. Been a long time, but he plays a detective Singh. Mm. So, that's it. Poor oh, guy. and then Letterbox gave it a 3.6 is the average. <clears throat> the average, yep. I what, gave it a 4. What'd you give it? I gave it a 3, which is is it's a little low on my scale, but to be fair, a lot of it had been spoiled and I did kind of get turned oh, I didn't like the torture stuff. And I know that you guys <laughs> said this stuff is a lot less than the other movies. And I understand that those things are just really brutal, which I get. That's like what this is about. And and the concept at its base is really, really interesting, right? Like how far would you go to save your life or save someone else's life in the case of your family or anything like that? So the concept itself is really interesting. But when it gets like pretty brutal at times, and again, this isn't as bad as some of the other films, I like a lot of horror stuff and it can get kind of crazy but that's some of the stuff that I'm just like, oh, I don't like this. Like, uh, I don't enjoy. And so for me, that was kind of a little bit of what brought down. The detective thriller was definitely really, really good. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, having it it spoiled made, it probably would have made the story maybe a little better for me if I hadn't known that. And like, whoa, there the whole time. But then when it happened, I was like, yeah, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> and stuff. But Three Stars is still good. It's still a solid horror movie. And I'm definitely glad that I watched it as as one that I had put off because I didn't want to see any of these movies for years. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely glad that you guys recommended. And I at least saw this because it was a solid watch. 
really good writing. I didn't know that it was James Wan's really big Feature first debut. one. Exactly. So what's crazy to solid. think about. Sorry, really quickly. Oh, like, I'm done. I, 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 the rating thing, I didn't rate it on Letterboxd, guys. I'm sorry. Um, but what's crazy You're to forgiven. me is like James Wan. What a career and starting <laughs> from this movie, right? And that's that was something I wanted to highlight was like, Think about, like, holy crap, like, you built from this. And so it's cool to kind of see that part. I could definitely feel his vibes in this, too. Like, I could. Remember, what that was that movie I made you guys watch last spooky season uh, with the head, the face in the back of the head? Oh, yes. I, um, I don't know I don't if you ever remember. got around to it. I but did I watch made, it because my wife oh, was, malignant. Malignant. Yeah. Malignant. Like, I definitely got, like pre-malignant vibes from this just mm-hmm. just in the way that he films the cuts the movements that kind of stuff the the like high intensity moments it's just like oh i can feel like original I james love, wan in that movie yeah i love when a director has a style that comes through the cinematography the direction anything like that that you can feel something like that where we're watching saw way back when and we're like oh like he did similar stuff in malignant or i saw this in conjuring different stuff like that where yeah that's i always love to see that bleed through because it shows that a director isn't just someone there to make sure that the film gets made a certain way they put their own thumbprint a little flavor they put their own style to what they're doing and you can tell what's happening well, I think that goes to so much of what we've talked about over the years of doing this podcast is we've talked so much about Nolan. We've talked a lot about, oh gosh, I'm going to blink, like Sham, M. Night Shyamalan and all those people. I, I don't know if we've talked about Wes Anderson, but Wes Anderson is oh, definitely a big one. I love one. Wes That's, Anderson. Th- those are actually more style, my obviously. films um, that <laughs> I love. Um, but also like David Fincher and like so many different mm-hmm. directors, they have a theme with them and like A24, Ari Aster and all these people, right? Like they just have their style. And James Wan, I think like, when I think about a James Wan film, and this is crazy, we've watched a lot of them. He's made, like, he's been the producer on a lot of films, and he even gets his little bit of spice on those ones that he just is kind of, like, barely touching. But you're like, you have a vibe. Like, this is your thing. And I thought that, like, knowing as much as I do and having watched as much and having watched this before, re-watching it, like, I was led by, like, what you're talking about, the films, like, the principle of photography of the film and then the, the sounds of the film as we're going through these eerie scenes that you didn't really like and i'm not blaming you for oh, no, disliking it's them it's really i i thought they built the story because i knew it already and i was like oh man like looking at this through my you know current eyes and like i see why this builds it but also it's like so gross but it was so good you're perfectly spectacled that, eyes yeah. yeah i think this one's perfect for me because it, it it alludes to these like horrible deaths that you talk about but it never actually shows the horrible deaths i can't i don't want to watch those deaths but yeah. but like the idea of this guy like you said tricking not tricking but he's, he's got this brain tumor tricking. yeah yeah he's tricking i guess but that's not my point is um He's got this brain tumor. He wants to teach people to appreciate life. So he's going around and he's telling these people, you know, you want to die? Well, then you're going to die and I'm going <clears> to, <throat> you're going to die in a horrific way if that's what you want to do. Like the razor blade guy, he slit his wrist trying to kill himself. So he puts him in a cage with razor blades. But you don't have to actually see. I guess there are a couple well, of like do. split so, scenes of well, the guy. I was going to say that one, they like fast. talk, each of the crimes, they kind of talk through like, why you're in this cage, what kind of things you're doing, why you should be more grateful of the life that you have or the opportunities afforded mm-hmm. you. But like with the razor wire guy, like really interesting, they show him kind of like waking up and kind of panicking, but they don't show the final like hit of it. And the same but, with, and they also describe it like, like it cuts so deep that like stomach acid came out and that puts this m- idea in yeah. your mind. I, that 
I, I don't know. Is that worse than seeing it actually like in special effects happen? I don't know. I can't decide. That's a good question because I'm definitely imagining, and like you mentioned the sounds, right? They definitely do a good job with those fake sounds because when Bear Trap Face Lady is looking, if we got Oh, it's just Tim. Oh, okay. thought. Um, so like when Bear Trap Lady is stabbing the guy to get the key out of his stomach or whatever like mm-hmm. that, and you've got the squelching and all that stuff, I was like, oh, oh, I don't know. Like you're not seeing anything, but I was there imagining exactly yeah, what was happening. The and way yeah. the way that it shot so well, so you don't have to see it. But I think what's cool is you talk about this from the timeline of the movies kind of coming in, and like right, the people who are probably of legal age to watch this when it came out, right, like the the actual R rating, those are people who'd grown up through a more emerging technologies where they probably read more books, they probably saw and understood the visuals and imagining different things. But even like me, right, when I saw this the first time, I was like, I was like picturing like in my mind like a certain part of this that was like it's pretty sketchy gross and this is the thing that nightmares are for for me is like the unknown of it like not knowing like you know like if there's something happens like oh i just want to know but i knew the ending of it but what happened in the middle and i'm like do i want to know because i'm morbid dark or what or is it just like (laughs) i want to know because i want to feel resolved when i go to bed and i don't have nightmares about it that's my question for you in these in these movies what comes first the idea for the kill or the purpose for the kill like when they're making a Saw movie, do you think that they're going in and being like, what are the most gruesome, crazy ways we can kill someone and then making a movie around it? I don't think that was the case in this Saw, this original, but I haven't seen the the, the sequels. So you, you'll have to tell me. Like I have no well, idea what goes on sounds next. Sounds like but the it chicken just, or the egg question, right? It just like looks like the trailers are just 100% like, gore 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 and not so much like story focused anymore well it's shock value right it's like what can we do to get people in the seats because like i would imagine like there is like some basis around like right like historical writings of sketchy things and kind of pulling things in and also like behaviors of serial killers right but like the idea i think with coming up with these ideas is like what are the things that fuel people's nightmares did they go where did they do to sit around and like like me my friends would talk about this franchise back in the day Mm -hmm. like having no familiarity with it we used to sit around and be like who are these people that are laying in bed just imagining how to kill each other like what is wrong with people these are the people who are on strike right now in hollywood (laughs) (laughs) thinking about those people on the other side of the line yeah no I, i i don't know what do you think josh here's the thing saw is a really weird franchise in in the following aspect so a lot of horror gets its emotionality, its feel, its spookiness, that eeriness that it gives you from the unknown, right? There's so much of that, and a lot of different movies talk about it. It's like what's scary, what's in the dark is what's in the dark is what's scary because you can't actually see it. You don't know what's there. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of times where horror movies will keep that, and then a lot of times they'll keep it through to the end where you really only partially see these big kind of scary things because when you actually see something in the light or anything like that, it doesn't end up being as scary or someone's like, that looks dumb and all this stuff like that. So saw obviously this first one, it kind of ends up like that because it's a lot more imagined of, Hey, this is what she's doing. Blah, blah, blah. It's gross. And then in the following ones in the sequels, it gets very graphic. Well, it's, it's becomes torture gore. Exactly. Delight. And it's the opposite end where a lot of times you see that scary thing and you're like, Oh, it's not that bad. 
in Saw, that's not the case, right? These yeah. things that they end up showing for those shock values, like you said, are pretty extreme, pretty insane. And so it's kind of the opposite of that that dark horror where it's seeing as much as you can is actually worse for you, yeah. basically. Well, I was kind of wondering, did James Wan, like, direct the falling movie, like, number two? He did not. And I'm, I'm curious, like, so here's my question, I guess, with it is, like, okay, so, like, the next one is is different people like so James Wan and his buddy right who's Adam they create the original idea and then you turn your idea over to other people and say I trust you to build this universe this franchise if they come and pitch you the idea right but you don't always know what the heck is in that person's mind or those writers mind in that group and like I would imagine like the shock value the depth the gore the whatever it is like the visuals of it like I'm curious like honestly like I would love to see like look back at the data. You're a data guy, so you love this kind of stuff too, probably. But like butts and seats, how many people were there? Like what was the like walkout rate of people like because it got too gory? Like that's what I'm curious about. Is because I'm like some of these got really bad and uncomfortable. When I remember watching these in my basement by myself, hiding under blankets as like a teenager, mm -hmm. being like, "Ooh, that's too much." The only thing that I can appreciate from the gore mm -hmm. like i hate seeing it but i can really appreciate the art behind it making it happen yeah like to do that practically like you go back and watch some of these old 80s movies um and watch some of the like crazy stuff that they do with animatronics or how creative they get with like squibs and stuff you know before they had that especially on a low budget that's super cool Guys, I, I just found that, that there's a theme park based off of Saw. Well, that's what I was going to... Well, not the theme park. You have to tell me about that. But my first thought when this movie starts, and it just immediately... By the way, I love the way it starts, which just drops you in so you're yes. as confused as the characters. Yeah. I immediately thought, oh, this is the original escape room. How have we not been doing <laughs> this since 2004? Yeah. Like, what, what took people so long yeah. to like get going on this? This is the perfect idea. We had it all this time. Escape. Where's yeah. the... Oh, so there is... there. They like have some attractions like built off it. Like saw the ride in in, in Eurothorpe in your theme park, like in Thorpe Park. Um, so many saw game over horror maze made by Universal Studios. Saw a themed haunted house during a month at the Fight Dome in Circus Circus Las Vegas. So like people want to go not only to see these movies. Oh yeah, but they want to go. There's also something called Saw Mania, where event goers can meet. Or actors, directors. I'm curious now. I want to look up how many people have died over the Saw franchise. Only like, six in this movie. I it, it was in the trivia in IMDb. Oh, six kill six. count. So, so six in this movie, but like the not ones, very many in this one. The ones going forward are pretty sketch. But like that's what's so fascinating is like the idea. Like I think they talk about it actually in this movie. And correct me if I'm wrong. Where they're like, well, he's a serial killer, but he's actually not doing the killing. Is kind of what the doctor guy says. Is he's like, well, he's not the one doing the killing. They find ways for them to kill themselves. And that's what, that's what he's doing. He's trying to teach him that lesson. Yeah, and not do it. Not. But he's punish. not really a serial killer. Then if he's not taking the lives, it's like in the way. Like you're taking the action on yourself. Is what's weird. But yeah. he is setting everything up. That's kind of where the the whatever it is, right? Like that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, what really is he? Like, is he uh, is he a madman? Is he a brilliant mind? What is, is he? he? A savior? I mean, look at Bear Trap Girl. She got out of there, and she's just like, he saved my life. He she's gave me appreciation for life again. Now cleaned up and. Yeah. And appreciating it. No, this guy's a horrible person. He should go to prison for life. <laughs> Casey. He's not doing anything what? good. What? <laughs> this is not how you tell, teach people to appreciate life. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? <laughs> but I'll bet you if you talk to all the other guys who didn't survive, they'd be singing a different tune than her. <laughs> well, obviously, they're not speaking these days. So obviously, Saw is one of the biggest 
horror franchises that has ever existed as far as number of movies and just characters. And if we talk about characters and things that are iconic about it, that mask, right? Yeah, the, the iconic okay. doll mask. Which yeah. uh, made by James Wan and the da- guy who plays Dave too. They actually really? made that and made that because there's no budget for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing is, I'm pretty sure later on he kind of wears it, right? Like, or at least it ends up being more in a series life size. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Mm. I've, well, I've seen like things where like it actually ends up like the doll ends up riding in on the tricycle or whatever, but it looks life size. And so I'd think that either he or someone mm. would that, have that it on. That puppet's just the name whole, is Billy the Puppet. By yeah. The way. I knew it had Billy, an official name. Yes, sorry. I knew that too. So Billy the Puppet. And that's the whole thing is it's one of the most iconic things of all time, obviously. So I used to play a lot of Call of Duty, and back when they released one of the very first big Halloween updates for Warzone, they released a few, like, skins that you could have that were based on, like, the big, some big horror movies and stuff. And it was <laughs> Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then Billy. In which, Call of Duty, huh? In Call of Duty. And I, I have the, the Billy the Puppet one. Or I had it. They just shut down those servers not too long ago but i had that one because it was sick like <laughs> running around verdance get dark with the billy the puppet one and it had voice lines and stuff it was very cool huh. so billy the puppet um right here's so paper paper towel rolls were used internally to make it move and the puppeteers pulled him along a fishing line but he was made with clay paper mache and black ping pong balls with the irises painted in for the eyes. Dude, and that's the thing. It's so simple, so low budget. And that ended up being one of, that's one of the most iconic yeah. masks things in horror movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what goes to show you don't need these big crazy things <laughs> to make a good solid horror movie or to make something like that. Because we've talked about it. There are so many things that come out where even if it's shrouded in darkness, shrouded in darkness, and then all of a sudden it comes to the light, and you're just like, boo, that looks stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't like it. And to be fair, like, we can be kind of spoiled now because of what we've had in the past with these really cool things. You think about, you know, Jason and the Jason mask, and you think about, or like with the hockey mask and everything, you think about Billy the puppet, you think about the Michael Myers mask, everything like that. And so it's really hard to create something that feels really new and fresh and original which is why it was really cool to have it in this one. Mm-hmm. Really cool to actually watch the movie that it originated from. Yeah. Um, my only nitpick, and it's nothing they could have done, is it's 20 years old and it kind of feels a tiny bit dated. Mm-hmm. But I, I also love that because it feels like a timepiece in its own. Um, but little things where I'm just like, when I was watching it, I was thinking like, man, why did they film this in such a low frame rate? Because they, they kept doing like slow motion and the mm. slow motion in this is choppy. Yeah. And so I was like thinking that kind of stuff, like why why did they do this? And I'm thinking like maybe it was a budgetary thing. Like maybe they just didn't have the technology that they required for the movie because they weren't provided it. I don't know. But that really stood out to me was the choppiness of the slow-mo, um, which is fine. It's a 20-year-old movie. Like, what are you going to do? Uh, you, you know that this, this million dollar budget. This yeah. film was advertised as coming soon to theaters. <laughs> yeah, like how it's going. So the choppy rate, it, like, and it probably looked fine on the box TVs that we had back then. We wouldn't True. even notice. Like <laughs> we, we didn't on these notice high defs. It makes it easy. Um, also, I'm not a big fan of uh, the jump cuts. There's mm. so many jump cuts in this of just like. 
every angle really fast to, to provide like intensity and da, 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 you know, like I'm not a big fan of that anymore. Um, I actually wrote down somewhere here that talked about the reasoning behind, uh, those jump cuts, but I don't remember what it is. Basically James Wan had like a, like an explanation of just like wanting to represent what was going through the mind of the character in those moments. And so like that chaotic moment where she's like trying to get the bear trap off her head, like the chaos of it all in her mind is being represented by all these jump cuts. So he's like got reasons behind it, but I feel like excessive jump cuts was a very mid two thousands trend that I'm really glad that we're, we've gotten away (laughs) from, you know, fast. Well, it's, it's coming back, right? It's a 20 year trend. So 20 years of this movie are coming back. But other than that, like, I have like no nitpicks about this movie for the budget they did it on in the locations that they did it on. I did think to myself at one point, like, I don't know what city this is or world this is, but every room looks just like garbage, like (laughs) drippy walls and like raining all the time and just dirty. And I'm like everywhere they go, even the doctor's office, like felt that, Dr. Gordon worked in felt kind of grungy and gross. I was just like, I think this world would not be a fun world to live in. <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, just kind of some of those details you're talking about. I don't know if it was intentional, but it seems to like maybe match. Cause like in all truthfulness, the narrative is jigsaws, right? Like this is my story. This is what I'm going through. But I think they had to like show the effects of society's decay in this part. Like the, Oh, it definitely gives the whole movie like a, a very specific vibe of just yeah. grunge, grunge dirty. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's, it's kind of the point is like uh obviously right i want to teach you a lesson right like blah 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 you want to play a game <laughs> which is another one of those iconic things that came out of it i think that for me is more iconic than the puppet itself is just that line you want to play a game let's mm. play a little game your whole life you've been blah blah blah, blah. yeah no <laughs> I, I i don't know though like it's such a fascinating thing i don't really have a lot of nitpicks about this like i'm the guy usually just like i enjoyed the movie it was fun but i do I don't know. It's kind of weird. I always, I'm, I think I'm the one in here who's always like, I don't want any more sequels. And I like, I've watched more movies of, of this than I can say, but I really wish that we had stopped. To be honest with you, with this one, with this I series. think it was a great standalone film as it was, even though he gets up at the end of the movie, right? 20 year old movie. I, I can say this and just slams the door at the end. And that's, that's the movie, right? That's a solid end. That is. That's and that's, all you that was know. the end for me. Like that yeah. literally is the end for me. I haven't, I wish I was in your shoes, Vince, right now. I wish that like I hadn't (laughs) seen the rest because like it just got weirder, darker, gorier, twistier, meat factorier. I like I just don't want (laughs) to say that. No, it's what it is. Speaking of going to Tacoma, yeah, we're going to the meat factory soon. But like that's the end for me, and I don't want to take too much time up. But like that's kind of thoughts, Josh. What are your closing thoughts, nitpicks, kind of like personal likes, dislikes, hates? My closing thoughts is I'm definitely glad that I could see this and watch it and that you guys convinced me to like i'm not upset that i ended up watching it at all my buddy said "Mm, i don't know you might watch this and have an itching to watch the other ones i do not that is what i'll say moving forward and i gave it three stars on letterboxd i think it can be kind of hard to live up to something 20 years almost 20 years later that it's been set as one of the great like horror movies of all time or sort of started off one of the greatest horror 
movies and trilo- not trilogies, but sets of multiple movies. What is this? Like Universes, a series. series. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it started off something incredible, which so many people know and, and so many people love. A lot of people love so many in all of these movies. It's their thing, right? And so it's kind of hard to live up to that so many years later, having it be on this pedestal and going back to watch something that I didn't know all about the budget constraints and everything like that when I was going into it watching it as well, which is makes it even more incredible. It was still a solid film. Excellent writing, really good thought-provoking stuff, which is what I always like. And so definitely saw a watch. I'm glad Can't that you complain. guys had me watch it. Yeah. Um, my final thought on this and recommendation, don't watch any other Saw movies besides the first one, to be super honest with <laughs> me. Um, me to you, right? Um, if you haven't watched any of the other Saw movies, because it's been around for so long, there's so many pop culture and iconic things that have come from this. You probably are going to get spoilers like Josh did for his first time going through. But it is a time capsule, and I want to highlight that because some of the tech in there, like, reminded me of being this age or younger, right? Like, some of the old tech, all the devices, all that kind of stuff was like, wow, this is, like, my childhood in some ways, like, rewatching it, right, as an adult. But I also think that, like, if you look at this film for what it is, it is a beautiful first-time directorial film, low-budget low shot, but it still is a like a weird relevant dialogue and going back to the movie we talked about last time escape rooms, right? Kind of like the thing <laughs> for this one, escape rooms. Like I think this was a dive into kind of that thing, like a real big unique dive into something because at the time, like different things were becoming popular. This was before like the, what do you call it? When society collapses for a minute, the economic downturn that happened a few years later, but it was kind of interesting to like, look at that and be like, wow wild so like the rental you know talking about airbnbs and kind of the horror film built around that this for me was like a good dingy weird medical fueled rage i don't know what you want to call it (laughs) and i know we didn't go too deep into this movie it's 20 years old you can watch it yourself it's on amazon prime and other places amazon pay us but it's mostly just like we i don't know it was fun to watch and i think it was a good tone for me for a spooky season yeah yeah vince do you have any final thoughts uh I no, I really like this movie. Uh, I don't need to f- franchise it either. I don't need to go out to the other ones. Um, I think it's one of those movies that if you are into those scary movies, it's a must, must see. Like, yeah. it's it's one of the OGs. It spawns, like you said, an amazing, fr- uh, a huge franchise. Like, it's just, it's an, it's an original. And if you're a horror movie fan, you have to see the originals, right? Which I need to get around to still like, <laughs> i don't think i've seen all the ogs yet but this is one of them that you have to see so, so. if you ever want to go back sorry i'm not trying to interject on the ogs and stuff if you ever want to go back and watch some of the classics right like hitchcock and all that kind of stuff you I should know way back yeah i'm talking like go back in the day look at the fun stuff too there's Psycho. like fun thrillers and all that kind of stuff that exists too um so do it do it do it but can i are we done can I show you guys something <laughs> yeah. kind of fun? No, nah, I'm good. I, I want this to be at the end. So uh, thank you for joining us to the Pause, Ryan Play podcast. Vince, Josh, thanks for watching Saw with me. I love it a lot. I'm not trying to interject hey, and end this really quickly. It was the most fun I've had without lubricant. <laughs> <laughs> and in that tune as well, you can get an adult Billy the, the Puppet costume for your significant other. There's a sexy version and a less sexy version. (laughs) And with that, we leave you with our pop culture icon and pop culture moment on Saw, the 20-year-old movie that started a subgenre of gorific intent. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead and buy your wife that costume now? No, (laughs) not a chance. No. Uh, What's the laughing? Like that? (laughs) 
Catch you next time on the Pause Run Play podcast.